ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. What do you do when you're doing well monetarily and you find out that your siblings are dropping their debt on your own mom? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my 30-year-old male, girlfriend, 28-year-old female told me how much debt she has today and I'm struggling to process. It doesn't change how I feel about her. I've been dating her for six months and feel confident that she isn't bad with money. It's more that she just doesn't make a lot, I guess. She works retail. I guess maybe the conversation was overdue, but she mentioned credit card debt. But I thought it wasn't that much by the way she talked about it. Recently, she brought up financial stuff more often. Since we've been openly discussing engagement and she was looking at rings, I decided it was time to ask about her debt. I felt I handled it well. I told her that I want to start a discussion about money together and thought disclosing some things would help. She has about $10,000 on credit cards, all life expenses stuff. She more than doubled that in college debt. College debt is normal and expected. That amount of credit card debt is scary to me. Then she had a meltdown about her career choices. I love her so much. It does make me think more logically about choices. It's a bit hard to know that I worked really hard to get no debt and that marriage would be accepting all that debt on myself. Also accepting that she would not be making a lot while she continues to figure out our career. The truth is, as long as she shows signs that she's healthy with her spending habits, then it's not something we can't figure out. But I'm struggling to know how to process. What do I ask or do? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily insurmountable. If it came down to they had to do it to survive, I completely get that. But like at some level it feels like, even in tough situations, you really gotta be loose with the way you're using that credit card to rack up that much debt. If you love and care for this person and they show that they are being very responsible with their money nowadays, there's no sugarcoating that it's gonna suck to have to get out from all that debt but it's possible. I would definitely say hold off a little bit longer than six months though. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy discussing tricky relationship topics, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, my coworker is not pulling their weight and is stressing me out. First off, I am autistic, so I've been told that I can be tactless and overly honest. I want an honest yet kind and firm way to tell them that their unproductivity is stressful to me. We work on projects, just the two of us, and the success of projects depend on us solely. They are hardworking and never complain, but they take forever to do tasks and mull over small details. They cannot prioritize things. While they're doing A, I've already finished B, C, D, E, and F. They are not good at multitasking and I've talked to them about it. I've given them nudges to manage their time, like, hey, event C is coming up, have you finished B? I think you should work on it today. But I think they just have their own pace of working. 
When they do not meet deadlines, our higher-ups are lenient and understanding, so I don't think my coworker feels a sense of urgency. On the other hand, I feel a sense of pressure and urgency when things do not go on time. I end up doing most of the work. It's left me a bit burnt out and stressed. I've already talked to them when things come late like, Okay, so next time, if you have even 10 minutes of your time free, you can work on this task little by little so we meet the deadline, but to no change. Additionally, I'm tired of directing and reminding my coworker about things. I think our conversations should be collaborative about what we're working on, other than me telling them what to do next, because they're not finished with one thing. I've told our supervisor this tendency of my coworker, and they have talked to them, but nothing has changed. I believe that my supervisor thinks this dynamic is fine because I have five years of experience over my coworker, so naturally I can lead them, but it's getting tiresome. This is a problem I want to solve between us. I can't just say, hey, you're stressing me out because I'm taking most of the responsibilities here. You need to start doing more. So I'm coming to you for advice on how to word that in a straightforward yet sympathetic way. Thank you. This sounds like a job for ChatGPT to me. Might as well just take this whole Reddit post and just pop it in there and see what it spits out. Just for fun, I put it in and it spit out a seven-step plan. Choose a quiet, neutral space to talk. Begin by highlighting their positive attributes. Use I statements to express how you feel. I've been feeling a lot of pressure. State the problem as you see it. Seek their perspective. Understand where they're coming from. Collaborate on solutions and reiterate your goal. Regardless, I feel like the supervisors and the boss have really set the stage here. If they're fine with this lackluster work, missing deadlines, and not reinforcing things, why is the onus and the pressure on OP to do any more than that? At the end of the day, I think it's important to realize the pressure is not worth it, the stress is not worth it, and it might just take the ball being dropped a few times for them to actually start cracking down. Our next story is, my 25-year-old female, partner, 25-year-old male, wants to live with me but I don't want to move into his apartment. My partner wants me to move in to take the relationship to the next level, but I have a few issues with the idea of moving into his place. His apartment is very small, 550 square feet, and he's already having issues finding the room to put all of his items, so I feel it would be even more difficult if I were to bring in my own things. It's fine for one person, but there's so little walking space that I have to constantly crawl over the sofa to get around and often end up injuring myself, tripping, slamming my leg, etc. There would be very limited space, and I need my own privacy once in a while to just chill out. I brought this up and he just says that we can make it work. He has a roach and ant infestation that's getting worse. I've tried buying him traps, but nothing seems to make them go away. He's messy. I am to a certain extent as well, but he leaves dishes in the sink for up to a week, doesn't put away leftovers into the fridge, lets his clothes pile on the floor, etc. I try to help him clean, but it usually goes back to the way it was before. I also don't try to do all the cleaning for him because, while I want to help, it is his place after all, and he needs to take the initiative. I suggested that we find a place nearby with two rooms for a slightly higher rent that he's paying now since we're splitting but he doesn't want to give up the cheap rent he's paying at the moment, in the worst case scenario that we break up and have to move out separately. I do want to live with him because I can see a long-term future, but his place is so cluttered I feel like I wouldn't be able to feel comfortable living at his apartment. 
Am I selfish for wanting him to move to a different apartment when I have the privilege of moving back home if things don't work out? I mean, I don't blame OP at all. This guy wants the commitment without any of the commitment. If he was serious about this and legitimate about it, he would surely recognize that a 550 square foot apartment is not enough space for two people. If they were truly committed to the stage of moving in together, they would have worked to find something more amicable. At least that's my opinion, that's how I feel about it. Our next story is, my boyfriend, male 51, came home from Costa Rica and decided to break up with me, 49 year old female. We've been together 8 years, but he wants me to stay in the same house. When my boyfriend and I first met, our first year was the honeymoon time. He has arthritis and really bad gout, to the point where we don't go dancing or venture out much, but I didn't mind. We hang out at home, cook and watch shows. A few times he had a gout attack and would be bedridden for days, one time a whole month. I was there to help him, bathed, cooked, cleaned like a caregiver. Then the second year, he bought a house in Costa Rica. He's retired, so half the year he goes down there from November to March and fishes. Also, the heat helps with his arthritis. I would stay and watch the house in the state. So for the next three to four years, my vacation was visiting him three weeks in Costa Rica. The last few years, I was kind of bored with Costa Rica and vacationed other places with my friends. Always good to him. We were comfortable. Half year of the year with me and half down in Costa Rica. This June, he came home and decided he didn't love me anymore and wanted to break up. I see him texting on his phone with another girl, not even hiding it. It was a blow to my heart. I was devastated, cried for weeks. Thing is, he said I can live in this house and take care of the house while he's away. And when he comes home, same arrangement, do the girlfriend stuff minus intimacy and for free, no charge. I don't know if OP's asking for advice or if they're just kind of venting. I mean, I guess it really comes down to how you feel. If I were in OP's shoes, I don't know if I would want to hang around, but at the same time, having a free place to stay is pretty nice. But I don't know if I'd be able to be happy staying in that environment all that time. This next story is, my husband and I have fundamental communication issues that keep causing huge fights. Seeking insight and advice, me, 32-year-old female, husband, 33-year-old male. We keep misunderstanding each other. My husband and I have been married four years, together seven. We love each other. We're best friends. We very often treat each other with respect and kindness. And we both have reasonably good emotional intelligence as far as I see it. I work constantly to be a better partner to him, and he works to be a better partner for me. He's not abusive and we're not mean to each other when we fight. We had a few years in a rough patch where we nearly had a breaking point, but we both did a lot of work on ourselves and how we treat each other and we made it through. This time period left some scars and baggage. Here's today's example. My husband is a stay at home, no kids, and cares for our house and cooks all our meals. I work shifts so I have Sunday to Tuesday off every week. This morning, he came to greet me while I was still in bed at around 8.30. He said, I'd love to hang around and be sweet, but I've got to keep up on working. I already did XYZ before you woke up and I'm going to go work on the yard. Setting a boundary on his time, I say okay, no problem, and we do our separate mornings. I thought he'd already had a lot of success working based on the fact that he listed off so many tasks that he'd done already. I come down a while later, I think it was an hour, he thinks it was 15 to 20 minutes, we both ended up in the kitchen. He reminded me that I had a wedding invitation to reply to, so I opened it. 
He wondered aloud if that wasn't the same color scheme as we'd used on our wedding invitations. I said, yeah, let me show you. I pulled out our wedding album and compared, and then I looked at one of the page of pictures, and before you know it, we had spent a few minutes happily commenting on the pictures together. He then moves to start clearing the kitchen, and I ask if I could squeeze in and make my morning tea. He becomes visibly irritated. I make the tea because he said it would be fine, but then he tells me he needs to say something. He expressed to me that he can never seem to get ahead of steam on his daily tasks because I keep interrupting him and making bids for attention. At some point, I sigh in a frustrated way. He gets more upset and expresses that he's upset he can't have simple conversations with me about long-standing issues. I have no idea what I did wrong, but thinking it wasn't a big deal, I get out of his hair and go about my day. He stays upset for a while, telling me he's going to leave the house because he can't settle himself down. I still don't understand that him being upset has anything to do with me. He's also been processing a lot of his own issues lately, which has him occasionally upset. He tries to have a conversation with me about what is wrong. He says that I keep making too many bids for attention while he's trying to work and he wonders if I have a memory like a goldfish because he had just explained to me in the morning that he was working and I came right down and started bidding for his attention. I get defensive and frustrated because I feel pretty blindsided. I tell him that I don't understand what I did wrong and I ask him what specifically I did. He says he doesn't want to talk specifics because this is a constant issue with me. I say I need some freaking specifics because I literally don't understand what I did wrong. I ran into him in the kitchen and he was being sweet and smiling and chatting with me, then suddenly got upset and frustrated leaving me confused. He says I don't respect that he's working. I tell him at my job that my teammates and I often wander over and have a little friendly chat between tasks. And so my idea of treating a working person respectfully led me to believe that I wasn't doing anything wrong. He says it doesn't matter what I do at work, and that doesn't justify what I did to him. I didn't mean it that way, I was just trying to illustrate that it wouldn't occur to me that that level of friendly communication during work was a problem. We're both very frustrated at this point, and I'm crying and swearing. There's a lot of, would you let me freaking finish my thought? going on. He says, it doesn't matter, I just need what you are doing to stop. I ask what he means. He says that because I don't understand nuance, that between the hours of 9 to 5 on weekdays, he needs to be completely left alone and I should not speak to him. I immediately leave and start crying. I cry for hours, I just don't understand. Is he wrong? Are his expectations unreasonable or unrealistic? Am I too defensive? Am I too needy? I desperately want him to understand that I am acting in good faith, and I daily try to give him space when he's working and most of the time it is easy for us to set boundaries with each other. He tried to talk to me while I was crying and said it would be okay if we nuanced the way I can give him space on work days, but I'm just too upset and wave him away. I'm sitting at a local park trying not to cry. He has this thing where he thinks he's communicated something to me clearly and that I should get it, but I don't. I won't remember what he said. I won't understand the way he meant it. I just don't understand what he wants. So he gets upset, thinking I don't respect his boundaries, and in the past I really didn't respect his boundaries, so this issue gets muddy, but I do. I work very hard to treat him well and make him happy, to help with chores and keep his drawers full of clean socks and underwear. 
My big job is laundry plus my full-time job outside the home. When I gave him haircuts early on in our relationship, he did this thing where he would immediately start criticizing the haircut, which made me very upset and I would think he hated it. He said he thought I should already know he likes the haircut, so he just gave the critical feedback. I had to explain to him that actually I don't know and I need him to spell it out for me. So he made an effort and now he doesn't do that anymore. He makes sure to explain that he likes something before starting to give critical feedback. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com But like, there's this gap. There's a communication gap happening where he's not communicating in a way I understand. And I'm not able to understand what he's requesting of me. Then I get defensive and upset and it turns into a fight. I just don't know what to do anymore. I want so desperately to be happy with him, but we keep getting ensnared in these freaking weird problems and triggering each other so bad. It hurts so much and I just need help. Honestly, I feel like more than ever, in a situation like this, couples therapy would be a really good thing. Have a mediator who could hopefully bridge both sides and try and get this communication going. Is there still love to be had on both sides? It would be really good to find that out and work on it. This next story is, My in-laws think I'm not supportive of my wife's career, teacher, and visit us annually to help her with a classroom setup. My, male 35, wife, female 31, is an elementary school teacher, and she comes from a family of now-retired teachers. For the past three years, both her parents have come from out of town before or near the beginning of the school year to help her set up and organize her classroom. Year one, shortly before they arrived, she ended up accepting a remote teaching job, so instead of setting up her classroom, they ended up reorganizing our home instead. I was with my parents in a different city for a few days because my family dog had died, came home to a bunch of my stuff gone, things moved around where I couldn't find it, and a $700 bill. I was mad. We've been to therapy for this already, but I'm still having a hard time letting this go. Year 2, in August, I helped my wife buy supplies, organize, clean and set up her classroom. Three weeks after the school year started, her parents arrived, which at the time was supposed to be a vacation. My wife was sick when they arrived, but we ended up going into her classroom around 7pm to prep for the substitute teacher. She was calling in sick. The usual 30-minute prep turned into 4 hours of Sunday cleaning, organizing and other teacher things. I was getting restless by 10 p.m., wife was sick, I worked the next day and we picked them up at 2 a.m. the same day from the airport, I asked when we would be done, and no one could tell me, we'll be done when it's done, here cut this of your board, hand scissors, it was chaos from my vantage. 
There was no discernible plan, no communication, just a frenzy of moving things around and cutting. After the third time asking what there was left to do and when we would leave, I said I would go home and come back to get them. Wife and I were both annoyed with each other at this point. I picked them up around 11.30pm. I'm told after I left that she and her parents said I was being unsupportive and a crappy partner. Year 3, present. This year, her parents are driving across the country and staying with us for a month. The last 5 days of this visit is intended for classroom prep. Remembering how stressful last year was, the history with her parents, upon reaching an agreement that they wouldn't touch the house again, and considering how long they were staying with us in August, wife said it would be okay for me to be conveniently out of town for the preschool year setup period. As expected, it was a horrific, stressful mess, and wife and her mom got into a fight about the classroom. Her mom said I was a crappy partner for not being there. I feel we, or mostly me, would be a lot less stressed if they weren't here in the first place. She's unlikely to talk to her parents about this as to not hurt their feelings. I'll be back in town this week and I can either let it go or bring it up as topic. I don't know if I can stomach this every single year for the rest of my wife's career and it's affecting our relationship. At the same time, it's just a few crappy days out of the year. They are mostly pretty decent humans that love their daughter and mean well. Should I, we ideally, talk to her parents? Should I have not bailed out this year? How do we break this annual cycle of suffering where all parties leave satisfied? All I'm saying is, nothing's gonna change if you don't speak up. Really, you walk on eggshells and just try to deal with this every single year? or you start taking a little bit of initiative and trying to curb it and address it. I don't think it should be the end of the world or the end of any relationship for expressing the stress you're experiencing and a desire to work on it. Our next story is, how do you deal with your ex moving on to someone new so soon after? Hi all, my ex-husband, 37-year-old male, and I, 28-year-old female, had a dead bedroom with no intimacy outside of it too. I brought it up several times that I needed more over the 9-year relationship, 6-year marriage. He always promised it will improve. Last November, I gave him an ultimatum. We tried couples therapy too, only for him to inform me that he's asexual and has no interest in improving intimacy or sex in March. We separated in April and got the divorce finalized early June. I know it's fast, thanks to the laws of the country the marriage took place. He was adamant we stayed friends, even though I don't stay friends with my exes. I bent my boundary, once again, to cater to his needs. He messaged me daily at first, but for the last month he hasn't contacted me. He's on my socials and I keep seeing his posts about how there's a rainbow at the end of the rain, how things need to go so wrong to get so right, etc. There's a lady he keeps interacting with, it's obvious they're starting something. I feel so bad about the whole thing. How do you deal with your ex moving on so quickly after the divorce? P.S. I am considering removing him on all socials of course, but the damage is done. I saw his interaction with the new person and it hurts. I definitely think the easiest thing and the thing I've heard most commonly from people is when you break up, you need to delete all of their socials, you need to block them, you need to try to do whatever you can to prevent yourself from looking their way, following them, watching their pages. 
Because if you do all that and you keep track of them, you're not giving yourself time to move past it. You're still clinging on desperately to something that isn't there. As far as him moving on so quickly, I mean, why else did you have a divorce? Should it be really that surprising that they moved on so quickly? This next story is Situationships Ruin Dating For some context, I'm pretty out of my depth with relationships. 25-year-old female, I met my ex-spouse when we were 13, got married at 18, and were divorced by 22 due to them becoming physically and emotionally violent. I went to therapy for two years and stayed single and celibate during the whole process because I truly wanted to heal. Fast forward to when I'm 24, I go on a few dates that don't land too well, until I meet one person I'm really into, male 29. I can't go over every detail of our relationship because it's just too much, but we bonded on a lot of deep core values and they were aware of my previous abusive relationship and they also knew how inexperienced I was in terms of relationships. In addition, they were the safest person I'd ever felt around and we both had very good home lives at the time, so I thought it would be great. Ultimately, he stated he was not looking for anything serious, as he just finished graduate school and both of our jobs were unsure. We did have a discussion about being exclusive and continued on going on dates, sharing holidays, and pretty much carrying on a relationship for a year. There were times where he would blow me off for a whole weekend while going out of town, but I was naive and believed that since we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, this was acceptable and something I put up with, because at this point I was in love with them. Also, there were no signs of them seeing anyone else. So I just decided to tuck it aside until it ultimately boiled over and became apparent at how little I meant to them. Unfortunately, we were not safe while hooking up and did not use protection. Again, my naivety thought this translated as some sort of intimacy between us, but I'm now believing it was just pure lust. I got pregnant and decided to terminate the pregnancy of my own accord. I do admit, I did completely ghost them during the entire process and my mother and I took care of everything on our own. They did eventually reach out with their WhatsApp number and via email to try to offer financial support and nothing else. At one point they said, sorry for this whole debacle, as if it were a mix-up in the grocery aisle. It's been two and a half months and I've moved out of state completely to work on myself and heal from everything I went through, but it hurts. I cry to myself at least once a day over how much I miss them, over the family we could have had, and ultimately the stupidity I feel over loving someone who held zero space for me. I don't know the best tactics or ways to help my logical brain understand that I need to move on and let them go. I still have them blocked on everything to ensure I don't reach out but it genuinely feels like someone has just taken my breath away and I can't breathe sometimes at how much I miss them. Please be kind with your responses. I know I saw the red flags and kept going, but I'm still in a world of sorrow and would appreciate more words of advice or wisdom at this time. How did you get over someone you felt so intensely about? Is it normal to fall in love with someone after a year? I just feel like I've been completely bamboozled and like the fool for being so emotionally attached so quickly. So let me just say right off the bat, OP's clearly overthinking some things here. For OP to even have to question, is it normal to fall in love with someone after a year? I think a year is an incredibly normal amount of time to fall in love with somebody. 
I mean, usually I would think people get to the I love you stage in half that time. That said, it doesn't really sound like OP had that much dating experience. So I think OP, albeit being 29, is really going through the initial throes of a long-term relationship ending. Therapy's never a bad idea, if it's possible. But really, I'm not gonna lie, I think a lot of what OP's feeling is very normal, and something that you do have to give time to, to hopefully slowly get past it. Our next story is, my 30-year-old female, mom keeps asking me for help with loan payments, but I don't want to contribute. Long story short, I recently learned that my sister, 28-year-old female, we'll call her Annie, has around 20000 in consumer debt and most likely forty to 50000 in private student loans. I don't know how much the student loans are exactly, but if I had to guess, I think it's in that ballpark. I think she may have student loans from the government, but I'm not completely sure. I've only learned of this because our mother called me a couple of weeks ago, crying that she's been receiving calls about the private student loans. Our mother is near retirement, and he went a couple of months without making any payments. Because my mother co-signed the loan, they've been harassing her to either pay or they'll garnish her wages. Annie probably makes around 30000 a year. I'd prefer not to say what she does for work to remain anonymous, but it's obviously not much to cover her loans. The monthly payments are $600 a month, and my mother can't afford it. She keeps calling me asking for help to pay the loan. I'm married, my partner and I both bring in $150,000 a year with zero debt, my monthly expenses are around $1,600, including my share of rent and utilities. I can afford to contribute a couple hundred a month, but I'm very hesitant for a couple of reasons. Prior to learning about Annie's debt, I knew the following about her lifestyle. She takes expensive fitness classes on a regular basis. She has a closet full of Lululemon and continues to purchase from there. She's traveled multiple times cross-country and to the Caribbeans. One of our mutual friends even told me that they're planning a trip to Korea and claimed that Annie has already bought her ticket. Annie gets her nails done on a regular basis and even gets massages. Annie spends a lot of her weekends out with friends, including brunch and dinner. Annie lives at home rent-free. I always knew she had student loans, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Considering all of this, I feel really foolish contributing to Annie's monthly payments. I tried confronting Annie, but she just shuts down and gets defensive. Even after I tried talking to her, I'm still hearing stories about her going out for brunch and later about the trip to Korea. I'm very stressed out because my mom cannot afford the payments and keeps asking me for help, but I feel foolish like I'm only contributing to Annie's lifestyle. I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. My husband and I would also like to buy a home in two years and ideally start having kids and it's taking away money from that. It's very clear Annie isn't serious about paying off her loans, but I'm not sure what can be done to help my mom. She owns her home and is considering taking a loan against it. What other options do we have here? My husband suggested we draft a contract where I would get X amount of Annie's inheritance equal to whatever I contribute to the loans. I feel uncomfortable bringing that up to my mom, but I don't know what else to do. The whole situation is causing me anxiety. Annie and I used to be extremely close, but now I just keep my distance. Would appreciate any guidance. This really starts and ends with Annie. She's not raking in the dough, but clearly based off of their lifestyle, 
I am sure that they spend six to $700 a month in frivolous expenses that don't need to happen. She lives at home rent-free. I think OP needs to go to their mom and say, do not take a loan out, do not do anything that's going to risk anything else in your life, and they need to get together and try to get Annie to pay up for this. Low salary or not, the way they live, they can make it work. OP's mom straight up just needs to start charging Annie six to $700 in rent, or give her the ultimatum of trying to find somewhere else that would be any cheaper, which is not going to happen. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely tricky relationship topic, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.